Who do you work for, really? Each one of us has a calling. Have you heard this before? Your workplace is your mission field, wherever that may be. You either work for him or work against him, but you work for someone. Who do you really work for? Is it your clients, your boss, your family, yourself, or your Lord? This isn't a trick question. There is a right answer. You're either all in or all out. Are you for him? I am. In fact, I work for him. Hey, Jim, who do you work for? I work for him. I work for Jesus Christ. I want to be your let me introduce you to the host of the I Work For Him show, Jim Brangenberg. Welcome, welcome, welcome. You've tuned into the I Work For Him radio show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. Take a minute and listen. I Work For Him, is, it's not a program that you sign up for. It's a mentality. It's a way of living. It's a permanent shift in your Christ-following paradigm. It's a revolution that's happening in the workplace, and it's about bringing the kingdom of God into places where the kingdom is ignored. Keep in mind that your existence in your workplace, it's not by chance. It doesn't matter what you do or where you do it. Whether you're a pastor, a car mechanic, an attorney, a teacher, a mom, a used car salesperson, your work, it matters to God. And he expects you to be his representative in your workplace. And in your workplace, to recognize that that's your mission field. And in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Now, I know you've heard me say this tons and tons of times, but every day we need to be reminded that going to work is not just to draw paychecks so we can buy groceries. Going to work every day is an opportunity to be a light for Christ. Each day on the I Work For Him show, we try to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and the biblical ways to incorporate your faith into your workplace. I don't come to you as an expert. I don't come to you as somebody that's got this all figured out. I'm just one guy trying to live my life transparently so that you can maybe gain something in order to be an effective witness for Christ in your workplace. Our paradigm shift is described like this. Romans 12.2, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Welcome to the I Work For Him Zone. I hope you're never the same. In our never-ending I Work For Him desire to bring you the practical, the tactical, the factual, and biblical ways that will challenge the way you think about faith and work, today we are talking about Missions 101, and we have Jerry Dyke, the Director of Mass Evangelism from East West Ministries, joining us for our discussion. Hi, Jerry. Hi, Dan. It's great to have you on the show today. Thank you for you know we were with Jim on the show earlier in the week, and we're going to continue our discussion today about what it looked like for you to transition from a Coca Cola executive into the role of full time missions. Awesome! Yeah, it's an exciting time. You know, it's interesting because me and Jerry have both traveled the same pathway. God saved us both. Uh, We had to reorient our lives on what it means to be a Christian. And and eventually, as he started to transfer all of that head knowledge into our hearts, and we started to grow close with him, we started to figure out that being a Christian is not just a set of tasks. It's not just a set of rules. It's actually a relationship with the living God, isn't it, Jerry? Amen. 
So what we want to explore today is not only how Jerry left the the corporate world and the corporate boardroom and transitioned into full-time ministry, but what does it look like, practically speaking, for a business person and somebody that goes to work every day to be a Christian? How can they be effective as a Christian? And I thought we'd start off by sharing with the listeners today as they drive home how me and Jerry met. It's kind of an interesting story, isn't it, Jerry? It is. It's it's a great story, actually. And, uh, you know, our our lives kind of transected. And and Jerry's from another part of the country. He's uh, he's from Texas. You know, I live in Tampa here. And uh, I got a call one day from a friend, and somebody had dropped out of a short-term mission trip. And they asked me if I would consider going on this trip, if I'd pray about it. And I said I would. And I had 72 hours to make the decision to come on a trip to Cuba. Now, I've never been to Cuba before. And I thought that that intrigued me to go on a short-term mission trip. But wait a second. You know, I have a leadership team here that I report to. And my leadership team that kind of serves as the strategic ministry uh, action team for CBMC for me, you know, they said, Dan, what if your mission is to... To minister, to evangelize, and to disciple business people. That's my, I'm a marketplace minister. That's my mission field. Why would you be going to Cuba? And I was challenged by that. And as I prayed about it, I just sensed that God was encouraging me strongly to take on this challenge. He made a couple of things happen uh, that were outside of of my control that needed to happen for me to go on this trip. And then I I just, I did. And my leadership team, you know, said it was okay to go. And, you know, at the airport, it, uh, you know, to travel to Cuba, I run into this guy, Jerry Dyke, the director of mass evangelism for East West Ministries, and we just meet for the first time, and we're on our way to Cuba. Yeah, that's uh, it was an exciting time for me as well. I had just joined the uh, ministry back in May of last year, and I was actually in the process of developing my sending team, my financial partners throughout the year. I asked to go on this on this trip to Cuba. It wasn't part of my original uh, uh, plans. And so it kind of came about for me as well. And so here I am, now a friend of Dan Shock, sitting here in Tampa on the radio uh, talking about our experience there. You know, I want to make a confession to you and everybody that's listening out there. You know, I've been a Christian for 20 years. I accepted Christ on April 3rd of 1994, and I slowly got involved with Christian businessmen. I had men, uh, faithful men at my church and uh, within the CBMC ministry that discipled me, and I learned how to become a Christ follower. Uh, I grew closer in my relationship with Christ. And I learned how to lifestyle evangelize, uh, evangelize. In other words, how to share my faith with neighbors and people at work over a period of time after I built a relationship. So when my friend that had called me for this trip to Cuba uh, invited me to go, I asked him, what is the mission? Because, you know, mission trips can have a lot of uh, different missions. And he said something I've never heard before. We are going to go door to door and we are going to knock and share the gospel. And I want to confess something to you. I got butterflies in my stomach, and then I kind of got rocks in my stomach. You know what I'm saying, Jerry? Yeah, it's it's a great experience for first-time uh, goers for short-term mission trips. I, I've been on a lot over the years, and uh, I always enjoy seeing people who have never had that experience go and see how they blossom over 
the week. And I can tell everyone listening that Dan Shock was impacted by this trip. And he, it was life changing. My, my life was changed. Yeah. You, even while we were there, and you would talk about the experience at the end of the day, you got really emotional about what God was doing through you on a door to door experience. Well, first of all, I was terrified. I want to be perfectly honest about that with everybody out there. I've never gone and knocked on somebody's door and asked them if I could come in and share my faith or share the gospel or anything before. So, number one, my first uh, apprehension about going on the trip was fear. Mm -hmm. Fear. And you know what I did with that? I prayed about it. I took that right to the Lord. And I just said, you know, I've been through a lot in my life for the listeners out there. Uh, If you want to go to my ministry website, danshock.net, you'll see uh, my ministry is uh, involves Jesus saved me radically uh, in a pedestrian versus auto accident. And I'm all in. I am all in. And, you know, when the Lord opens up an opportunity to do something, I take it very, very seriously. Mm -hmm. So fear was not going to stop me from going on this trip. But I'm confessing to you, I was very fearful. Now, I'm 45 years old. I'm about 270 pounds, six foot two for the listening audience out there. Not many things scare me, but definitely, uh, you know, this put fear in my heart. I didn't know what I was going to do. And East West Ministries is a very interesting organization. And you guys came alongside us mm-hmm. and did training. Mm-hmm. I remember David Winley, another director at your organization, came into town and he uh, taught us the Evangel Cube, mm-hmm. how to share the gospel with kind of a Rubik's Cube looking device. And, and while it was rudimentary, it helped me get into the frame of mind of what was I actually going to do with Cuban people. And I know that you guys had set up all the logistics. I mean, mm-hmm. you did a phenomenal job on the short-term mission trip. You had a translator for us. We worked with a local church in Cuba. But then the actual... I mean, what were you thinking when you were headed on this trip? Well, you know, I've, I've had experience on these short-term trips before, and this was my second time with East-West. So I knew what I was getting into, and I, I knew that there would be a lot of apprehension from a lot of the people on the team who were going for the first time. But, uh, you know, East-West does a great job at preparing a team to, to share the gospel, and they, they recruit and train the translators so that every American that goes on an East-West trip, when they hit the ground in one of these short-term trips, they uh, pair up with the translator. We send them out on a in a community or a village, and we pick them up at the end of the day, and that American and their translator share the gospel all day long. And uh, God uses that model to bring people into the kingdom. Well, I think that was probably, from uh, an experienced perspective, I've been on mission trips before, and a mission trip is typically, uh, you either make it or break it based on the logistics. So sometimes you have a really bad time on a, a mission trip. And let's just be honest, for you listeners out there that have been on mission trips that didn't go so well, it was typically because of either the people that were with you or the logistics were really poorly executed. East West handled all the logistics for our particular trip, and it was flawless. It was flawless. We showed up, and you took care of transportation. You took care of the planning, the translators, the church support. And really, all we had to do was evangelized to go share the gospel door to door. Yeah, it's, it's it's a great experience. Let's just be clear, though. There are a lot of things that are going on behind the scenes that aren't necessarily flawless. So there's a lot of work going on, and we usually have a director, team leader, uh, and a coordinator, team coordinator that goes along to help with all of the logistics, the handling the money, doing all the uh, communication in country. So uh, there's a lot that goes on in preparation, in preparation of the team, preparation of the logistics, and uh, 
one of the things that everyone that's been on a short-term mission trip knows that you have to be flexible. And you got to be willing to suspend your own agenda. The 11th commandment. The 11th commandment. Thou shalt be flexible. <laughs> that's right. Be flexible. And because there's, you never know. I mean, I haven't been on uh, a mission trip where there's something didn't go wrong. And this one went really went like clockwork. It really did. Uh, went, it went very well. Surprised even you. It, it, it did. It did. But, it, you know, that's, that's a, a lot of, that's a joy of going on these trips because one, you can just focus on sharing the gospel, not have to worry about the logistical nightmares that happen. Uh, it's it certainly, you can see that God is working behind the scenes. He's working in, on our behalf. The Holy Spirit's going before us. You can sense that there are people who are praying for us back in the Absolutely. United States. Absolutely. And uh, that's one of the things that, that we really encourage people that go on a short-term mission trip, that they go with a sending team. So people that have given them money to go, but also people who have committed to praying for them while they're in country. It's even scary to, to think about raising money to go on a trip. Why, why do we want to do that? You know, we had a conversation offline mm-hmm. about this, and I want you to just tell our listeners, what's the purpose behind when you're going on a short-term mission trip to allow others to be senders for you? Yeah. Uh, you know, the trips can cost anywhere from 2500 to $3,500, depending on the cost of the airfare, depending on how many people are on the team, depending on where you're going. And there are a lot of people that can just go ahead and pay that out of their own pocket. But we really encourage people not to do that. We ask them to, if they want to, uh, you know, contribute to part of the part of the money to their trip, to do so. But to encourage others to be a part of their sending team, not just uh, financially, but also get them to pray for us while we're in country. That, you know, for the person going, it also gives them an opportunity to, to go ask somebody for money, mm-hmm. and this, and somebody that doesn't need anybody's help That's with fun. money. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're have to you have to humble yourself to ask people to, to give you money to go on a mission trip. And so it's really a humbling experience. It's a great opportunity for people to experience that, but also to include other people in the sending. And, 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 and so it becomes, you know, if there were 13 Americans on this team in Cuba, you, hopefully there were 10 people for every American at least praying for us. So mm-hmm. 130 people uh, on that trip. So what was your impression of the Cuban people? Oh, the the Cuban people are great. You know, awesome. Well, you, you know, you read – this is one of those countries that people have read about for so many years, and it's had that mystical, you know, that hands – you know, arms-length country that uh, has had an embargo for all these years. Uh, but – so you want you, you've always wanted to go. You know the people are great, and uh, you know they're they're obviously living in poverty and in bondage, but the people were so receptive to us. And and I mean I, it was like being in the 1950s. We went out to a, <laughs> yeah. a village in, a, in one of the regions, and I remember knocking on the door and the people opening the door and saying, "Come on in." Yeah, they didn't know who we were. Now there was a local church worker that they did know, but I just they welcomed me, and and almost nine times out of ten, I was welcomed by the Cuban people. Come right on in. We'd like to meet you. What is it that you have to share with us today? It was really incredible. It really is. And that was part of the prayer, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. The people praying for this area. So, folks, never doubt the power of prayer. That is an unbelievable way uh, to interact. You know, prayer is a great mystery to me. I've yet to figure out the whole idea behind prayer and how we get to be ushered into the throne room of God and how prayer moves God's hand. Mm. It's a great mystery to me. Right, it's a, it's a, uh, it's a tool that that we're that we're expected to use. Uh, Jesus said, to, you know, to pray without ceasing. You know, we're that is something that we all need to do. Obviously, we pray for things in our lives. So we pray. We should we should all have a a uh, time during the day where we set aside and we just pray uh, to you know, thanking him for the things that he's given us. 
blessing us with salvation, certainly, blessing us with health, blessing us with family, a good country that we live in that's so prosperous and allows us to, to sit here on the radio and talk you know freely about uh, yeah. what God's doing around the world. Well, it's a great privilege to pray. And I'll just yeah. say this, you know, that trip to Cuba was less about, you know, what I could do for him and way more about what he did to me. (laughs) I would never have guessed our small team of less than a dozen people would have made 330 gospel presentations and recorded 201 salvations. Mm -hmm. Praise God. Praise God. So as we head into the next segment, Jerry, I want to start to explore a little bit more about what it means for a person, a normal person, a nine to fiver, a ham and egger, if you will, like me, to go on a mission trip and how that can change your life forever. I mean, when you get to be the hands and feet of Christ Mm -hmm. and oftentimes how we think we're doing something for him when in God's economy of scale, he's actually doing something for us to grow us. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And if anybody has an interest in uh, East-West, going on an East-West trip, they can go to the website, www.eastwest.org. If they want to know more about me personally, they do the eastwest.org forward slash Jerry Dyke. We've been talking to Jerry Dyke, the Director of Mass Evangelism with East-West Ministries about his transition from the corporate world to full-time missions. Okay, let's get right back into it. Jerry, you used to be an executive with Coca-Cola, and through a a series of events, you spent several decades in the working world, in the corporate world, uh, but also you were a Christian. And how did this calling transition you into this role with East-West Ministries? Yeah, um, Three decades, 34 years to be exact, with the Coca-Cola company. Did um, you say you were married for 34 years, too? I, uh, yeah, yeah. To Kathy? Yeah. So, 34 um, years. You know, I've been the, married for three years. I'm an expert. <laughs> yeah. I'll have to talk to you about that. Yeah, we'll, we'll uh, talk offline, a little coaching, on, uh, on, or maybe on another program. But, um, yeah, so for 34 years with the Coca-Cola company. But during that time, I, I, was, I went to church. I taught Sunday school classes. I, and in 1998, I had an opportunity to go on a short-term mission trip. And that really made an impact on me. And so Where did I, you go? I went to Haiti. Okay. And uh, had actually been there as a 10-year-old. My dad and my mom took us there as a family in 1969. But uh, in 1998, we went back as, uh, as a family. Or my mom and dad and I went back. And uh, it made an impact on me as an adult. And so I wanted to stay involved in missions. So I, I continued to go on mission trips, short-term mission trips, uh, over a period of time. And I thought during one of those trips to Haiti, as I was sitting underneath a mango tree, that this would be really something that would be a, f- a lot of fun to do for the kingdom moving forward, something I'd like to consider moving full time in full-time. But I had no idea that God was going to orchestrate the details of my life to get me to a point just a, to, a year ago to, to bring me on staff with East West Ministries International. As now, a let me ask you this. Were yeah. you one of those guys, one of those Christian guys that a long time ago said, you know, I don't mind going to church. I don't mind throwing a couple of bucks in the plate. Uh, you know, I know I have some friends in ministry, but Africa, that's off limits. No, no. Were you scared I, that God would send you to Africa one day? No, not really. I, uh, I, I, I'm, I have an adventurous spirit. I think, I, I and uh, and I've always desired to serve the Lord, and most of that's been done in the workplace. Back to your original question, I've done a lot of uh, evangelism in the workplace. I tried to be intentional in sharing the gospel throughout my career. Uh, you know, I wasn't always perfect at it, and didn't always take every opportunity, but I did try to make a stand and take a stand for the Lord uh, in in the in the, uh, work, in the workplace. So, uh, but it was something I always wanted to do. Missions was something that uh, that was something that was on my heart and in my mind. And uh, you know, I think I 
said that, Lord, I'll go anywhere. I'm not sure if I ever really seriously meant that. But uh, right now, I, I feel that way. I'll go wherever. So let me ask you this. To the people that are driving home today, I mean, they're listening to the I Work For Him show on AM radio. They've had a long day at work. And we're probably saying a few things that are piquing their interest. Well, to the people out there that have never been on a short-term mission trip, but they've thought about it, what would you say to encourage them? Oh, I would absolutely encourage them to not just think about it, but find a way and go. They can actually go as an individual uh, with East West. Uh, we we have a calendar of trips on online that they can go to, and they can see what day, what week of the year. We usually ask them to give a week to ten days of their life uh, back to the kingdom. You know, to go it takes uh, you know go around the world. It takes about ten days. Go to Cuba. It takes seven days. But they can go online. They can look at the calendar. They can see what part of the world that we're going, and they can click on there for more information. And then they would just be they would just work through the process of filling out an application. And then we would train them to go. But the reason that it's so important for people to really think about and do it is because it'll change their lives. They will become better people, better mothers and fathers and, and, and uh, husbands and wives, better workers in the workplace. And I know that's something that's important to you in you know, your ministry. One, one of the things I want to ask you about is the Great Commission. That verse in Matthew, Matthew 28, verses, I include 18, 19, and 20. You know, in Matthew Twenty-eight, eighteen. This is when Jesus. We just got through Easter, right? And we've just heard the Easter story, and we've heard about how Jesus was—he sacrificed himself. He died. He was buried, and he was resurrected. And then he gives the Great Commission, folks. We've been talking to Jerry Dyke, the director of Mass Evangelism at East West Ministries, about his transition from the corporate boardroom to the mission field, and specifically about what happened with us down in Cuba and how we met. We started to talk about the Great Commission, and we're going to get to that in just a second. But now it's time for our book highlight segment brought to you by Karis Christian Books and Gifts. Karis Christian Books and Gifts has been a part of the Largo community for 30 years, located in the center of the First Baptist Church of Indian Rocks on Olmerton Road in Largo. Their 2,400-square-foot store is open to the public seven days a week, and you can check them out online at shopkaris.com. That's C-H-A-R-I-S. Karis in the Greek means grace. You already knew that. Be the first person to call into our studio line right now, 855-265-2929. That's 855-265-2929. And I'm going to send you a copy of a book that we're getting ready to highlight, Compliments of Martha Brangenberg and Karis Christian Books and Gifts. And today our book is called The Monday Morning Atheist by Doug Spada. Now, this is a marketplace ministry book that I highly recommend. And let me give you a short explanation. This book was written to help ordinary people like us experience God as we work. Imagine your workday full of peace, power, and purpose. In other words, working God's way and not our way. This book, The Monday Morning Atheist, is yours for the calling. Call in right now to 855 265 2929. That's 855 265 2929. And remember, read the book, don't wait for the movie. Now, back to 
our discussion with Jerry Dyke, the director of Mass Evangelism with East West Ministries and how he's transitioned from the executive boardroom to the missionary field. Jerry, it's so good to have you with me. Thank you, Dan. It's good to be here. Man, you're like a brother in Christ to me now. Yeah. I feel like we've marched through some battles together. We have. We have. We've been in the uh, the foxhole. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was at first I was scared to go to Cuba because it's a communist government. It's, uh, you know, but it's opening up now. And, you know, it's not that scary of a place. It can be. I know I know that there's oppressive government, but it's the people that really drew me in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the people are great. The people are responding to the to the gospel. It's a wonderful experience for anybody to, to, to experience. Well, I can tell you, you know, one of the reasons that I'm even willing to do things like that, the, the only reason that I was able to even meet a guy like Jerry Dyke, for, for you listeners out there, is because Jesus saved my life. Mm-hmm. He saved me in a radical way. He reorganized and reprioritized a greedy, manipulative businessman and got me focused on eternity. I never had an eternal perspective before I was run over by a car, and then God spared my life and saved me. And he gave me an eternal perspective after that, that what we do here and now can and does have an impact on eternity. Yes, it does. And I would highly recommend anybody that wants to be inspired by a a God-changing experience to go to to Dan's website and read about the experience that he went through. It really was a miraculous change in his life. Yep. DanShock.com. That's shock like electricity. And I'm part of a ministry called CBMC. It's a marketplace ministry that's a national ministry, but I oversee the field ministry for Tampa Bay. And we host events like the BeHisAmbassador.com event that's coming up on June 4th, and that's a marketplace event for everybody to come to the Tampa Convention Center, or the upcoming Mayor's Prayer Breakfast that's coming up May 12th at mm-hmm. the Tampa Bay Prayer Breakfast. Com. And that's really an exciting event that we've been holding for 44 years in a row. But before we get to that, Jerry, we started to talk about the Great mm-hmm. Commission. Matthew 28, 18 right. through 20, Jesus has been killed, buried, and now he's resurrected. Mm-hmm. And the Father says that I have given you all authority under heaven and earth. Mm-hmm. Jesus comes as the supreme commander to the disciples now. Mm-hmm. He talks to the apostles, and he gives them some orders. He sure did. The yeah. Great Commission. He did. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I commanded you. And lo, I am always with you, even to the end of the age. Now, that's an exciting order. Now, does that apply to believers today? It does. You know, after Christ's death and resurrection, he commanded the disciples to share the gospel and the message of his redemption. Um, You know, that, that applies to us as well. And rather than a burden, this this obeying of this call brings joy and reward in heaven, the eternal perspective. What should we be doing with our time here on earth now that we're saved? Now, we should fulfill our mission, not out of duty, mm-hmm. but out of love. Yes. That's the key motivator here. Well, that's the heart of God. I mean, when Jesus in Matthew nine thirty six to 38, he said, it says, seeing the people, he felt compassion for them because they were distressed and dispirited like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Therefore, beseech the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the harvest. That's what we should be praying for for Absolutely. Tampa Bay. We should be praying for our community we that the be. Lord of the harvest should be sending workers out into the fields because right. the harvest is right. Look all around you. There are lost people every Everywhere we go. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, do you have a burden for the lost? When you show up to work, do you realize that God has given you opportunities as a believer, as a minister of reconciliation? He gives you opportunities every single day day. Right. You don't have to leave the country to, to, to share the gospel. We've been talking about going overseas, going on short-term mission trips, but you can share the gospel with your neighbor, with your coworker. You have opportunities right here in Tampa, in your, in your community, to share the gospel. Absolutely. So the mission field doesn't necessarily have to be Cuba or Africa, although it's exceptionally uh, encouraging and, and faith-building to go on a short-term missions trip. You can do it right here at home. You can, and it's so simple. We don't, we comp overcomplicate the message. The Holy Spirit is going to change the heart of the people. All we have to do is plant the seed. So if we go forward just out of obedience and out of love for the lost, the Holy Spirit's going to do the rest of the work. There's no way that we can mess up the gospel uh, if we're going out with a heart of love and obedience to fulfill the Great Commission. Remember how I was talking about earlier when we were talking about prayer? And how it's a great mystery to me, how us praying moves the hand of God. Well, you know, isn't it true that God could convert everyone using a blinding light and the booming voice of Christ as he did with the Apostle Paul when he called Saul on the road to Damascus? But instead, he gives us as Christians this mission of reconciliation right out of Acts 1, 8, 9. He works through us calling sinners to turn to Christ in repentance and faith. He uses us, a bunch of broken vessels. What a great privilege. What a privilege that is. What a privilege. Uh, We're all broken vessels of clay that he uses. And uh, and we can only do it by being filled with his his spirit. Praying, obviously, is so important. And uh, people that are afraid to share the gospel, pray for the opportunity. Pray that God would give you the boldness to do that. Obviously, it's it's helpful to have some some training, some some, uh, verses to have to to share, to, to lead people. But it's it's a very simple way. But there are tracks that can be be helpful with that. You don't have to memorize a lot of things to begin sharing the gospel. If you just obedience, you know, one of the things that the old time CBMCers that discipled me, they have something called a ten most wanted card, a ten most wanted card, and that is the ten top people mm-hmm. in your sphere of influence that are lost and that you're faithfully praying for. And then you're intentionally trying to share your faith with them. Mm-hmm. So 10 people that you're constantly praying for. I would like to encourage the people that are listening today. Who are those top 10 in your life? Are they relatives, coworkers, um, neighbors? Uh, we have these people all around us. And, and again, this great mystery of how our prayers move God's hand. Are we praying for the lost? Are you praying for the hardness of the soil that's in the heart of your neighbor Mm -hmm. that doesn't know the Lord? Are you praying for them to come to know Christ? Mm -hmm. I mean, I would just encourage everybody to have a 10 most wanted card. Sure. Absolutely. And Dan, there are ways that people can get trained, right, to share the gospel. Absolutely. I mean, CBMC does, does Absolutely. that. Absolutely. The tools. Tampa Bay chapter of CBMC, you can go onto our website and come to our weekly meetings. The whole point behind our Marketplace Ambassador Initiative is to gather people together on a bi-monthly basis at the, at the uh, Tampa Convention Center. We have weekly groups that get together. And the idea is we do some fellowship, but we also have workshops like mm-hmm. Building Spiritual Reproducers. That's a workshop we run once a 
quarter on how to use discipleship tools online, like our Operation Timothy tool. Mm-hmm. Anybody out there that wants to use a free discipleship tool can go to advance.cbmc.com and see what we use to disciple people. Mm-hmm. And there's all kinds of uh, information there and videos like Living Proof. We have these little three-minute vignettes on what does it look like to share your faith with your neighbor or your coworker. Mm-hmm. We have little videos on there that people can watch uh, to get an idea of how to do that. Mm-hmm. But it starts, Jerry, as you know, it starts with your relationship with the Lord. It does. There's not a shortage of, of help out there. there any, every believer that's listening right now that goes to churches here and goes to a church here in, in Tampa has a pastor that can give you the training or point you to the training that you need. There are people who would love to to uh, to help you with that training and to, to share the gospel. Uh, Dan, so you so, so you were saying that there's more to just leading somebody to Christ. There's more than just somebody becoming a new believer. Well, you know, it's funny. My uh, my wife, God bless her, she is a Christian school teacher, and she. Um, she said something to me very interesting one time. We were talking about the Great Commission. The Great Commission is really big in, in my heart and in my uh, family and in my ministry. Um, and she said something to me that the Great Commission to go and, and, and make disciples, she said, do you know what the great omission is? Is when you go and share the gospel with somebody and they get saved and then you don't disciple them. Mm-hmm. The great omission. Mm-hmm. And I thought, wow, that is just so appropriate. I don't know if she made that up or mm-hmm. not, but Sarah, if you're listening out there, I give you credit for that. I know she probably heard it somewhere <laughs> else. But it doesn't. It shouldn't keep us from sharing the gospel. Even if we're on an airplane, we're not going to get a chance to disciple that person. We should still go ahead and share the gospel with them. Oh, absolutely. Right. I mean, look, God is the God of uh, you know details. Right. God can work things out, and, and and He uses us. Okay. Sometimes we plant. Sometimes we water. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we fertilize. And sometimes, like in Cuba. We get to mm-hmm. harvest fruit right at the end. Right. And that was the work of a bunch of other people, a bunch of other Christians that had prepared the way right. for us to go in there. And East West does. After we, on those trips, we write down the name of the people who place faith in Christ. And we hand that list to our country leader who then, they do the work of the follow-up. And there are churches then that platoon after us, groups that go in to do some of the discipleship. So, uh, Did you say platoon? Well, platoon after I'm you? thinking, because we have so many teams. Believe it or not, we have 25 teams going into Cuba this year. Wow. So, it, you know, it's like one it's like platooning. Yeah, yeah I'd you know? say so. so. Uh, uh, we got one team going in after the other. and it's You just, know what I was kind of impressed? I want to share with the listeners. We had a chance meeting with the senior pastor at Idlewild Baptist, Ken Witten, the other day. And Jerry's staying with me and my wife this week. And he's doing some things for East West in, in the Tampa Bay area. And he kind of rode with me over to the... Uh, the big church, Idlewild, and we were meeting with uh, Pastor Witten. And, and boy, Pastor Witten, when you got a chance to explain what you do, he zeroed in on that immediately. Yeah. I mean, East-West is – I love equipping ministries. I love ministries that mobilize the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. And I feel like my marketplace ministry, CBMC, mobilizes the marketplace for Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that I'm starting to understand a little bit more about East-West and how you guys mobilize the body of Christ and give them opportunities. Yeah, there's a lot of great organizations out there, a lot of great churches. And the Baptist Church, Southern Baptist Church, is really good about developing missionaries and sending them in all around the world. they got a great organization. But there are a lot of churches that don't see that the body is actually being mobilized to go themselves. And so East-West is a parachurch organization that comes alongside the churches to help mobilize the believers to go into to the mission field. 
So as we start to talk about the mission trips that we've been on, now we're back at work. And we're starting to, there's this paradigm shift that as Christ gets a hold of our head and our heart, and we start to see the, the, the massive amounts of lost people around us, uh, you know, why should we start to look at this, Jerry, as a mission field? How, practically speaking, what does it look like? I mean, look, I got to go to work. I got to punch the clock. I work for a mean boss. What should I be doing? What are some of the things to make me missional at work? Wow, that's a great great question. You know, one of the things I think you experienced yourself, uh, even though you're involved in a ministry that's discipling people in in the workplace, when you came back from Cuba, you were more intentional about and more and bolder in sharing the gospel. So one of the one of the greatest ways I think that we can you know get better at it is, is to do it. You know, like anything, the more you do it, the better you get at it. And uh, you you mess up, you go back and you say, well, if I had a chance to do that again, I would do it this way. And so you know, a short term mission trip is one of the ways that will change the life of people. And when they come back into the workforce, they will be different. Now, we've been talking to Jerry Dyke, the director of Mass Evangelism, about how God got involved in his life and moved him over to full-time missions. And we're starting to talk about what does that look like at home and and how is the workplace a mission field? Yeah, well, definitely is. We, we work with a lot of people who are unbelievers and uh, maybe searching, maybe without any interest at all. But we should uh, be intentional about looking for opportunities to share the gospel. Well, I think that's the key word here, Mm -hmm. intentional. You know, for a long time when I had a 10 most wanted card and I was praying for people, I wasn't real. Here's a confession. I wasn't really intentional about picking up the telephone. I wasn't intentional about inviting them to events like a prayer breakfast or church. I wasn't intentional about sending them a encouraging book. Mm -hmm. So isn't that the key? Being intentional with people. Yes. Yeah. Because you may be the opportunity for that person to hear the gospel. And it may be the last time. You were you, you had no idea when you were taking your dogs for a walk that night that you are going to get hit by a car. God spared your life, and he's using you in a great way in the kingdom. But that's not true with everybody that leaves their house for the you know to, to, to go to work. Uh, that person may go home that night ha- without the without having uh, the gospel shared with them you so. know what i love about it is that you know the onus is on the lord okay the lord right. jesus christ my savior my lord my shepherd he says that he's the author and the perfecter right. of my faith he says to pray for strength mm-hmm. you know what the 10 finger prayer is in philippians 4 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me. Mm-hmm. That's the 10 finger prayer. Right. You know, the onus is on him. It is. So if we're praying and asking for the spiritual sensitivity to find a person that we can encourage, that could be a listening ear. That could be somebody going through a bad breakup. It could be a, 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 a bankruptcy. It could be something that's happening. And we just, God puts us into a situation with that person to be a listening ear mm-hmm. and maybe give us an opportunity. Hey, can I pray for you? Hey, you know, what I love about the the leadership prayer breakfast is that it's a layup for evangelism. Mm -hmm. The mayor, the Tampa Bay mayor's prayer breakfast now in its 44th year, this is a clear gospel presentation. 
every single year. We have a popular speaker. We've had sports stars like Tony Dungy knocked it out of the park last year, sharing his testimony. This year, we're going to have Pat Williams, the general manager and the co-founder of the Orlando Magic, coming over from Orlando to share his faith, share his testimony, and share a lot about the Orlando Magic and sports. But the idea here is, could you pray about bringing somebody to a prayer breakfast. I mean, how non-confrontational is that? And then what if they hear the gospel and get an opportunity to pray to receive Christ and get mm-hmm. saved at the event? Because mm-hmm. I'm telling you, folks, that's what's going to happen. This guy's going to share his testimony, and it's a whopper. Yeah. And then we're going to share the gospel. And Pastor Ken Witten from Idlewild Baptist is going to be closing the event up for us. And we're going to give people an opportunity to pray to receive Christ. Now, This is the challenge to the listeners out there. Would you pray about coming to the mayor's prayer breakfast and bringing somebody, you know, a neighbor, a coworker, and don't do it in your own strength. Do it in his strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Mm -hmm. The Tampa Bay prayer breakfast.com website or Tampa Bay breakfast.com. Both will bring you to the website of the event. It's May 12th. It's 630 in the morning at the Tampa Convention Center. I know it's early. But guys, what is it that we're living for? Do you have an eternal perspective? Do we want to share our faith? And would you be doing something by faith? I'm challenging you to do that. Go to the website and check that out. Now, Jerry, we're talking about what it practically looks like to share our faith at work. Give us some more practical examples. What are your thoughts about that? practical outside of work or just in the neighborhood? I mean, just in life. Yeah. I mean, you've got neighbors, you've got people at the pet food store. I know somebody that drives uh, their car with a little, with a uh, little track and a dollar inside that track. Would you happen to know who that is, Dan? Uh, no, who is it? <laughs> no, Dan does that. He's very intentional about looking for opportunities to share the gospel. So that those are things that we can do. I mean, we can carry track with this. We can, we can put money in that track. We can, you know, we can uh, point people to uh, certain verses when we know that they're going through something. There's there's a lot of different ways that we can be practical in sharing the gospel. Well, Jerry, I think that it was no coincidence that I met you. I think that, uh, you know, these God coincidences, I, I used to believe in luck. I used to believe in, uh, you know, that I was uh, very, very fortunate. And now I believe that God's sovereign, that he's actually in control of, of the world and my life and that he promises me an abundant life. Right. Not a prosperous life where I'm going to win the lottery, Um, but he promises that he's got my best interest at heart. So the people that are driving home tonight, just know this. God is sovereign and he does love you very much. And just work on your relationship with him. Call out to him. Ask him for opportunities to share your faith. Now, folks, I want to tell you something that Jim Brangeberg, that it's uh, the I work for him. Main uh, host is looking for a thousand people in Tampa Bay to take the challenge to look at their workplace as their mission field. And he's looking for a thousand people. And I'm looking for a thousand people with him in Tampa Bay to take this challenge up and to start looking all around you at the untold at the untold opportunities of lost people. It's a mission field, folks. We need a thousand people that are willing to start praying for their coworkers and employees that will look for ways to befriend them outside of the workplace. We're looking for people that will look for ways to serve those coworkers and employees in the workplace who are willing and ready to pray with people in the workplace when they see an opportunity. Folks, don't let these opportunities pass you by. Be the best and the brightest example of a person in your position, a person who seeks excellence. Now go online to the I Work For Him website and click on Contact Us. You're listening to the I Work For Him show with your host, Jim Brangenberg. 
I'm a Christ follower who owns my own business, but ultimately, I work for him.